Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Good Tuesday afternoon, and welcome in to the June 6th edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. In a great time to be a professional wrestling fan, SP3, so often we throw out this term, right? Dream matchup. And I think so often it doesn't quite live up to the hype of what a dream matchup would be. But in the year 2023, one brave man by the name of Anthony Rafiq Khan is giving us a true dream matchup coming up here at Forbidden Door 2, of course, the joint pay-per-view between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And on top of that, okay, yeah, we'll just get Omega and Offspray, too, while we're at it once again for the IWGP United States Championship. Roman Reigns and the Bloodline are cooking once again, although not together, now against one another, as Jimmy Uso has been excommunicated from the Bloodline, and now all eyes are on what Jay Uso is going to do this Friday. Seth Rollins with a first successful title defense against Damian Priest last night. That we all knew was going to happen. We knew that Seth Rollins was going to retain that World Heavyweight Championship, but I love the subtle little details of the story that is starting to unfold with judgment day that could be leading to a much bigger story and a much bigger push for a certain superstar down the line there's a lot to talk about today a lot to like about in the world of professional wrestling sp3 how you doing good sir i am doing well ladies and gentlemen welcome to another edition of the believe in pro wrestling podcast we are here in a good time to be a wrestling fan it's cooking in the summer (laughs) wwe's got some stuff clicking whether it's gunther having bangers on tv whether it's the the bloodline whether it's seth rollins world heavyweight champion don't ask about the women's division though whether it's aew and you know uh, about to you know have the record crowd in london got the sold out toronto for forbidden door new japan pro wrestling coming off one of the best shows of the year with dominion with brian danielson challenging kazuko Kata with Will Ospreay winning the tournament to face Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Championship. Yoda Suji being a star in the main event, though. Gato, you're a coward because you didn't crown him your champion. But all things considered, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Welcome, everyone. Yes, we appreciate everybody who's in the chat. Do us a a quick favor. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up button for you guys who are here right now. Uh, Really helps drive up our audience when we get that thumbs up. If you're new to the show, you like what you see, you like what you hear, go ahead and hammer that subscribe button too. Help us get to 600 subscribers, guys. I feel like we've been hovering around this 577 mark for a bit. Like to get to 600 here uh, fairly quickly. Always appreciate your support. Before we go anywhere, it's not just a great time. Uh, to be a professional wrestling fan. I mean, this is a great time to be a sports fan, right? We're getting right into the thick of things, a major league baseball. Cincinnati Reds just called up the top prospect in all of baseball, Ellie De La Cruz. Great time. You can feel the energy here where I'm at in Cincinnati right now. Game three of the NBA finals is tonight. 
Game three coming up at the NHL Finals. You got the Golden Knights leading there. Got a 1-1 series split in the NBA Finals. And betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball, hockey, MLB, UFC, whatever it is you want to bet on. They're the place that has all the latest odds, lines, player development. It's all there. Fastest and easiest way to bet uh, on live sports games, your favorite casino games, card games, right there. The easier fingertips on your mobile device, or you can go to the website again, betonline.ag. Sign up today and use our promo code Believe. That is B L E A V. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. SP3 Nuggets are a two and a half point favorite on the road tonight. You like that? You like them to cover tonight, or you think Miami steals another one at home? I think Miami Steels uh, is going to get this one at home, game three. I think the Nuggets win game four. So for anybody making bets, that would be my 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 things to, to bet on. I think Miami takes tonight. They rebound off their momentum from stealing game two, and they're going to get game three and put, make some Denver Nuggets fans sweat out there. Oof. I, as long as it's a great series, man, I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Uh, a lot of people were thinking the Nuggets were going to sweep this one, and then Miami came out and, and shocked them and did what not a lot of people have done and beat Denver in Denver. Uh, so that was a good win for them. First Obviously. home loss of the playoffs. Mm, that, that, that's how you steal a series. It's not a series until the home team loses. Home team's already lost in game two. So again, if you want to make some bets, betonline.ag, that is the place to go. Uh, believe BLEAV, get your 50% welcome bonus and, and make some money on us, please. And thank you. All right, let's dive into this. We got three big stories to talk about this week. The things that caught our attention the most, obviously we will get to the dream matchups themselves, but I do want to start about what we let's start. Let's go chronologically here. SP three. We'll start back on last Friday. Uh, it was the big celebration for Roman Reigns, 1,000 days as the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion comes out at the end of the show. The Usos have been barred from the building after Jimmy's actions at Night of Champions. Adam Pierce even assuring Paul Heyman that security had been doubled. There was no, their travel had been canceled. There was absolutely no way that the Usos were going to be able to get their way into the building, which... Of course, they ended up getting into the building with ease uh, later on that night. Uh, I guess, you know, zero times two is technically accurate if you have literally no security whatsoever uh, trying to hold back the Usos. So they showed up anyway. But a lot to this. Let's start with the fact that WWE, as part of day 1000 for Roman Reigns, which was actually now nine days ago or so at this point, they have crafted him a new singular World title belt, the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, or I think actually it's Undisputed WWE Universal Championship belt. So we think the dual belts are gone, although Paul Heyman was still walking around with them at the end of the night on, on Friday. So maybe Roman just is carrying three world titles. Who the hell knows? It's confusing. But your thoughts on the new world championship belt, which is basically the same as the old ones, just with a new color on it. They deep fried it. They deep fried the WWE title. It's got a nice little yellowish background, like like a chicken, nice golden like brown. a chicken nugget, crispy golden brown, crispy. It's like a chicken nugget. Um, the belt is ugly. The belt is very ugly. Um, I don't like it. Uh, I I will say it accomplished one thing. It made you appreciate the World Heavyweight Championship <laughs> and that design a little bit more. So 
it did that. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do with it. If that's going to be the only one title now, uh, I'm not sure. There's no confirmation. I, I see Safet saying uh, it's one title. No, there's no, there's been no confirmation until we see Roman Reigns on Friday come out. And I don't even know if Roman Reigns is going to be on Friday's show. He's not advertised for it. So it, we got to wait two weeks or so. For Roman Reigns to come back on the show, and if he comes back with one title, then it's one title now, which pretty much kind of sort of erases the legacy and the lineage of the WWE Championship, which I didn't think WWE was going to do, and they're not going to end the lineage of the Universal Championship because that's the one that he's held for a thousand days. So it's very convoluted, everything involving this. So that's one point. As far as Jimmy Uso being ejected from the bloodline, courtesy of the Samoan Spike by Sola Sokoa, I thought that this was a riveting segment. Uh, all things included, the introduction of the new championship, Roman celebrating day 1000, the Usos coming out, Jimmy Uso calling out Roman Reigns, saying he hasn't been acting like a brother, telling warning Solo that after he's done using you, he's going to mistreat you like he mistreated us, and Solo saying he's going to side with his brothers, then Roman you know, getting the emotional speech from both Jay and Jimmy. Jay trying to keep the family together because he's he's still trying to save his abuser, uh, Roman Reigns, and he's still trying to keep him in the family, in the fold. Jay, uh, Jimmy mushing uh, Roman in the face and Roman hugging Jimmy after he said, we're the ones, we got to run on top together, giving him the hug and then telling him, no, we're not brothers. And God then Solo... Solo delivering the Samoan spike and showing his allegiance to the tribal chief, which it may it's it's more of Solo playing the role that he was given because he wasn't sent here by Roman Reigns. He was sent here by the elders. The yes. elders sent him with one job, protect the tribal chief. And he's sticking to that job, sticking with Roman Reigns. And I love the little cherry on top was Paul Heyman axing Roman Reigns as he's walking to the back. What about Jay? Yeah. And he says, Jay's going to do what he always does, and that's fall in line. And it's a great cliffhanger for this week's episode, which Paul Heyman hyped on, on Raw again. Yes, Paul Heyman of SmackDown was on Raw again. But, hey, it's the brand split. How many times can we complain about it? We'll keep complaining about it until they stop making it seem like it's a big deal and then just just – just spin in the face of it every single time. I don't care if it's just, oh, it's just hyping SmackDown. He shouldn't be here. Do a video. Do a video promo. package. It was Do a, a video, video package. Do a video recorded promo. Do a video package. Do a bit. How many times do they promote stuff with a video package on this damn show for SmackDown? They do it all the time. They don't need to do a fucking promo segment backstage, a pre-recorded promo segment. Stop having people with SmackDown on this damn show. Stop spitting in the face. You did this. You got you got the guy who's supposed to have all the credibility say, we're going to change the game. We're going to change the game with the WWE draft. You spent two goddamn shows on it, and we've already had multiple people go from one show to the other. It's ridiculous. It's the stupidest shit they could have done to just spit in the face of this whole WWE draft. Throw the whole WWE draft in the fucking garbage. I don't care about it, and I'm done. I'm done completely. This is the last time I'm going to complain about it because they just they just keep doing it to annoy all of us that pay attention but <laughs> hyping 
Jey Uso's choice. And as we seen with the ratings yesterday, Roman Reigns' a thousand days celebration was a huge, huge rating success for WWE. Three million. The- Roman. They, they, yeah, 2.9 for just the Roman Reigns segment, 2.5 overall, uh, their highest viewership of 2023 so far, their highest demo rating since Christmas 2020 that had an NFL lead-in, their highest, their highest demo rating, if you don't count the NFL lead-in, their highest demo rating since March 2020, the first pandemic show with no fans, so it's had a lot of interest to it, I don't know if next week, is going to repeat that but i think that we are, they're going to be on a good footing to at least at least get close to that or match that this coming week with jay uso's choice because they had such an odd angle to end that show if anybody's out there wondering why roman reigns is still the wwe universal champion there it is. It's it's right there. It's there. You smack in the face is the fact that you have this monumental moment here where Roman Reigns captures 1000 days as the WWE Universal Champion. They, there were rumors about a possible new title belt coming out. Obviously, I think that contributed some to that. And then they do unveil the championship. I actually like the gold. I think it's better than the black. I think it's a hell of a lot better than the blue. I think it's one that will it's kind of like when you try beer for the first time and you hate it and then, you you know, it grows on you. I think the WWE Universal Championship is going to grow on me. The thing that I don't like about it, by the way, is the fact that right on the title belt, on, on the right side of the title belt, the bottom little triangle, it actually says on it the word undisputed, which by the very definition of the word disputed, the fact that Seth Rollins is also a world heavyweight champion in WWE. Roman Reigns' title is no longer undisputed. So that that that's honestly my big my yes, big. Yes, it issue. is. Yes, it is because even even by that WWE is acknowledging that Seth Rollins holding the constellation prize. <laughs> Although he's going to do some damn good work to make that uh, not look like the consolation prize, and uh, we'll get to him coming up here. <laughs> Dude, he got he got to move heaven and earth. He does, but you know what? I've seen that man pull miracles out of his ass before. If anybody can do it, it's Seth freaking Rollins. That's for sure. They got the, the that belt on the right guy to start off that title reign. Again, we'll get to him in a moment. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly about everything surrounding this segment. It was it was theater. That's that's the best way to describe it. It was theater. It's it's got this um this bloodline story cooking again. Sammy and KO are are done. They're now moving on to this program that they're doing with Imperium right now, and you know. Bless Triple H on a on a random Monday in June, just giving us Gunther versus KO on a whim. You mad bastard, you! Just like thank you. Just num, 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 num. I'm gonna eat that up every time. Thank you, Triple H, for giving me that, even though there was a BS finish. Thank you, regardless. <laughs> or whomever gave it, who I don't care. Whoever's responsible. Hey, it was in the gorilla seat. And every time, every time something good happens, y'all want to thank Triple H. Every time something bad happens, you want to thank Vince McMahon. I'm going to be the contrarian then. I'm going to say thank you, Vince McMahon. Thank you for a play because he changed the match order. Thank you for placing it in the first half of the show, which uh, elevated it. It made me want to continue watching where I was thinking about cutting out early uh, after like the first couple of seconds. There, there was a, there's part of me that is starting to think at least with, with Monday night raw, where it, we get more reported changes about raw than we do on SmackDown. There's part of me that is starting to think that triple H and and Vince McMahon are, are kind of finding this groove of, of working together a little bit to kind of create the, the best show possible. 
there's, you know, we'll, we'll see how things progress down the line, but you can definitely, you could definitely tell that last night had triple H's mark all over it. I mean, he get how many matches went over 10 minutes uh, last night, just gave us, you know, great wrestling matches with a lot of intricate storyline mixed in. It had triple H all over it, but Vince also reportedly made, you know, a lot of significant changes to the show as well. So hopefully they're starting to, to find a, a happy way to work together and, and make this show good, which I do think the quality did pick up on Monday night raw last night, but real quick wrapping up with uh, the bloodline. I loved everything that, they did with, with Jimmy Uso. He's now on the outs. And yes, all eyes now point to Jay and what Jay Uso is going to do. And SP3, man, I see so many people saying, well, obviously, obviously Jay Uso is going to side with his brother. And I don't mean Solo Sokoa. They're saying Jay Uso is going to side with Jimmy Uso and Jay Uso is going to leave the island of relevancy. He's going to leave paradise. I think there is a better than a puncher's chance on Friday that if we do see Jay Uso make a decision, he makes the decision for himself, not for his brother, for himself, and keeps his meal ticket. I think it's a more compelling story because go back to what happened at Night of Champions. We talked about this last week. You know, Jimmy Uso, after he super kicked Roman Reigns twice, he looks at his brother and he says, it's me and you now. We the ones. We, we got this. We don't need anything else. And there was a look of doubt in Jay Uso's eyes. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but there is part of me that is going to think that Jay Uso is going to be highly conflicted this Friday. And one of two things is going to happen. He's going to choose Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa, which is going to lead to Roman Reigns and, and Jimmy Uso at Money in the Bank. I think that that could be a slam dunk matchup. And by the end of that night, Jay Uso is regretting his decision or he's a sleeper and he chooses to go with Roman and Solo as a ruse to turn on them at Money in the Bank when it's Jimmy versus uh, Roman in the main event for the WWE Universal Championship. I think there is a pretty good chance that they do something a little bit unconventional to kind of get people talking. But all along, we we end up in the same place where it's going to be the Usos together. They're going to be baby faces coming out of this unless they ultimately just get their ass kicked and decide to go crawling back to Roman. But uh, regardless, I, I think that would be a much more interesting and intricate way to get there, get to the obvious choice of what's going to happen than just having Jay side with Jimmy this Friday. Yeah, I mean, they can go that interesting route where it's like Jay is still he's he has all the traits of someone who has been abused and is trying to protect his abuser at all costs. And, you know, him going against his brother would be kind of against what he who he is. And eventually he'll realize he'll have that coming to Jesus moment or that coming to Sammy moment that Sammy Zayn had at Royal Rumble. So we can all play that play along with that story and they give you the bigger story beats and it makes it a longer story that can make each week must watch. Yeah. And then there's also the other aspect of it. And they've talked about this with, uh, at least Jay did with me and they've mentioned it in several interviews. The dream matchup for the Usos is a one-on-one -on -one match against each other. So maybe Jimmy being excommunicated and Jay siding with Roman that leads to that matchup happening as well. I think there's a lot of different uh, interesting avenues they could go. It's obviously the main key story going on on Friday nights, and it's got me invested to tune in uh, every single Friday. Monday Night Raw last night, Seth Rollins defeating Damian Priest to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. 
which may in fact SP3 be the first big domino to fall in a much bigger story. I loved a lot about Monday Night Raw last night. Opens up the show, Seth Rollins coming out, big shiny gold suit, beautiful new championship belt. He's playing it up to the crowd. Talked about the open challenge he put on social media, getting everybody in the crowd there in Hartford, Connecticut, which was a good crowd last night. Got them all uh, caught up to speed on what they may have missed if they don't live on Twitter like myself and a few other people uh, tend to do. So good on Seth for that. You know, letting the audience know what's going on. Damien and Finn come out, right? And man... A lot of subtle nuances to this. One, Seth Rollins kind of played a bit of a heel dick in this promo, right? Like, he's going after Finn Balor in this promo, poking fun at his short title reign, saying that when you get in a fight with me, doesn't always go well for you. And he's obviously alluding back to 2016 when he got injured, legit injured, out for six, eight months with, I think, broken collarbone, bone, torn, you know, labrum, whatever it was that 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 injury was with Seth Rollins. Kind of a dick move to bring that off, but he was still playing it off so well. And at the same time, like, just not taking Damian Priest seriously at all. Just like Damian's up there trying to prove himself as a, as a, as a big threat to, to Seth. And he is just like, yeah, man, if, if your boys were in the back, I could beat you with no problem. Not even paying attention to him really kind of turning his attention to Finn. Like Finn's the more worthy opponent than Damian was. And then you get Damian and Finn starting to disagree about whether or not they should be at ringside. Damian all ultimately takes the bait says, leave the judgment day in the back. I'll beat you by yourself, Seth, in the main event. They go out there. They get 20 minutes. They put a banger on the main event, and then what happens? Finn gets involved anyway. Ultimately, it causes a distraction, and it costs Damian the match. So now we have some rifts in the judgment day. Reports that Damian Priest every week getting rave reviews for his matches. Got another rave review for his match with Seth Rollins last night. Maybe they're starting a split here of the Judgment Day. We hear reports that they could be adding J.D. McDonough to the group. Maybe, you know, they could bring up another guy to insert in that group. But J.D. seems to be the, the guy uh, that we hear the most about adding to Judgment Day. Maybe he's not adding. Maybe he's replacing. Maybe Damian Priest, they can work and do a babyface turn for him, get him fired back up. And now all of a sudden you got a new singles babyface star. Judgment Day stays collective. Maybe that's the angle they go with. Maybe not. Maybe there's just dissension amongst the ranks because you're not always going to be on the same page. But there were a lot of subtle little little nuances, little storylines that they could be laying seeds for that I liked that, that in this whole entire Seth Rollins Judgment Day angle last night. My biggest nitpick to this is it shouldn't be going on at the same time you're doing a bloodline implosion because it's always going to do it's always going to look secondary by comparison. But. If you're going to do the story, I think they did a good job of uh, sowing the seeds on the show because I did not think that Seth Rollins came off like a heel. He came off like John Cena babyface. John Cena babyface used to do this all the time. He makes run of the people he's going to be facing. He doesn't take them too seriously. He's kind of making them a joke, but he does it in a babyface way. And it's in response to the heel being a heel because Finn had to say what he had to say beforehand, before Seth came at him in that way. So I don't think he came off as a heel at all. Uh, but as far as the matchup, the one nuance that you kind of didn't mention was the fact that Seth hit the barricade bomb. 
the bear, the same barricade bomb that injured Finn. So it was kind yeah. of putting together the promo with the matchup and that injured Damian Priest's arm. And then that's what led to Finn coming out and him getting caught with the super kick, uh, going against what Damian wanted. And then Damian uh, took advantage of the distraction, hit the choke slam, but he couldn't follow up because his shoulder was hurt and he only got a two count. And then he was like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And then he turned around and then it winded up Seth getting the win. So I think we are leading to first Seth versus Finn at Money in the Bank yeah. for the World Heavyweight Championship. But it can go one of two ways. That's why I like the, the what they uh, kind of laid out on the show. It can go one or two ways because we're now a year since the last time the Judgment Day had a big shakeup where they ejected their leader edge from the group one year ago. So are they leading to ejecting another leader in Finn Balor? Maybe they're sick of Finn. Everybody seems to be, you know, in a much bigger position than they were last year. Damian Priest has all the success and, you know, the big matchup with Bad Bunny back at Backlash. Dominic Mysterio is a bit, one of the biggest heels in the company and in wrestling in general. Rhea Ripley is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Finn Balor is the only one that kind of has is not higher than he was a year ago. He's kind of still in the same place. So is it going to be not JD McDonough joining his his former trainer? Is JD McDonough going to replace his former mm. trainer and they eject Finn from the group? Or are they going to eject Damien from the group yeah. so he can become a babyface? So I like the fact that there's two different directions that they can go there. That's why I did like that. But once again, I don't think it's the right time. It's the right story, but the wrong time to do it because it's always going to be secondary to what's going on with the bloodline. I think I would prefer um, Damien to be the one that not gets ejected from the group necessarily, but maybe is the one that tries to separate himself because while you're right, he is elevated from a position where he was a year ago. Let's be honest. That's not saying much. He was added to this group judgment day right with edge because edge was trying to do him a solid and get him back to where he was he went from this just really super cool was getting over united states champion to like the the rock star damian priest to crazy eyes for mr deeds like that was his whole persona it's like we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take your name and we're gonna do it you're going to have, uh, you know, multiple split personalities. And when you get pissed off, I want you to open your eyes as wide as you can and then just beat the hell out of people. And you're going to win your matches that way. And it people did not gravitate towards it at all. And then he drops the United States title. I think he actually dropped the two Finn Balor, if memory serves correct. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then he just kind of found himself in a lull until Edge scooped him up like an injured baby bird and said, Follow me, young man. I will carry you to the promised land. And then Damian Priest returned the favor by clotheslining his head off of his shoulders a few months later. But ultimately, it worked out for Damian. If you ever meet Damian or you're ever in the same room as Damian, the guy's just the coolest dude in the room. He is legitimately a rock star. I would love to see him get over organically, have himself turn on Judgment Day and go out on his own and be one of those top-level baby faces again. I think I would prefer that. But um, yeah, as far as timing, you might be onto something there because again, you already have Seth, which seems like a secondary champion, and now you're doing this dissension amongst the Judgment Day, which may seem like a secondary story compared to the dissension in the ranks uh, with the bloodline.
Uh, more coming up on WWE in just a few moments. Mentioned the big dream match, SP3. It was made official this morning. A lot of wrestling fans waking up very happy to the announcement from New Japan Pro Wrestling that the challenge has been accepted. The match is on Forbidden Door. Uh, actually, already two matches confirmed for that. Obviously, I mentioned earlier, we're getting Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for the uh, United States IWGP Championship and the American Dragon versus the Rainmaker, Brian Danielson versus Okada at Forbidden Door 2. Even need to say anything more than that. Like, I honestly can't believe that there are people who are bitching about this on Twitter asking, Who's Okada? Shut the fuck up. This show ain't for you. Uh <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's that's all I say to those people. Like, it's just like, <laughs> all right, move on. Like, you're 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 either trolling or you're just too much of a casual fan. Where's the story and all that nonsense? <laughs> like Get the hell out of here. This this show is not for you. This is a dream match show. That's what Forbidden Door was always billed to be. And because of injuries, we weren't able to get that last year. And it still delivered either a, yeah. the, the best show or one of the best shows of 2022. And now we got two matches that already is making me feel like Forbidden Door 2 is going to be the show of the year. These two matches, their bar is five stars. Like the last time I said that, as you saw with Anarchy in the Arena, me and Uncle Dave, we saw eye to eye. Five stars on that one with Anarchy in the Arena too. And I think this, these two matches, their bar is five stars. With Omega and Osprey, their bar should be six and a quarter because that's what they got at Wrestle Kingdom. And Brian Danielson has just been put into bubble wrap ever since the Iron yes, Man match against MJF at Revolution. Even in Anarchy in the Arena too, he wasn't. There was a point where I, I, I had Tempest on our double or nothing review over on uh true hill heat and he said like when he was watching the show with adam blompe over on wrestle dog he was like when brian popped up and started giving the psycho knee he was like oh yeah the best wrestler in the world is in this matchup because he was putting the bubble wrap into that matchup because he got injured in anarchy in the arena one last year so they yes. they were making sure he would be ready for this match. So we're not going to see Brian Danielson in any matches. I had a couple of my fans say, oh, it'd be cool if Dragon faced a couple of Chaos members on the way to Forbidden Door. No, don't do that. No, nope. put him in bubble wrap. Let's mm -hmm. get him to, let's get him to Toronto. This is, this is the equivalent of Kansas City Chiefs locking up the division in week 16 and then Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, anybody else on the Chiefs you don't want injured ahead of the playoffs, yeah. you don't play them in Week 17. You, and if they got home field advantage wrapped up, you don't play them in Week 18. Because why would you be stupid and risk a, 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 a freak knee injury, and now all of a sudden your MVP quarterback is sitting on the bench while you're getting your ass kicked by a wild card team that has no business beating the shit out of you because you did something stupid like put your star player in danger. This is the exact equivalent of that. And Tony Khan, being a part football guy, knows this. And he's like, yeah, all right, we'll put him in anarchy in the arena. But y'all, kid gloves. Kid gloves, 
I don't want to see nobody going rogue. I don't want to see anybody grab a leg. I don't want to see anybody hit him too hard with a chair. No blood. None of that. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Ain't happening. This match is happening this year. It is going down. Brian, you ain't bumping. You ain't but we ain't risking a concussion. Nothing. They, they they played him. They played him three quarters in the Anarchy <laughs> Arena too in week fifteen with Okada. Okada's only been playing first halves because he's been doing nothing but six reds in tag team matches in New Japan. So even Gato, the non football guy, he gets it as well. And that's why on all together, everybody was asking, Oh, all together, the big show with New Japan, all Japan pro wrestling Noah this Friday. Kazuko Okada is in a six man tag, and they're like, Oh man, I wanted to see. Okada and Kiyomiya again, or I went to see Okada versus Kento Mirahara from from All Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> he's playing. He's playing the first half. We're gonna sit him on the bench. We're gonna rest him up. He's versing the American Dragon. Come Toronto, I cannot wait for this matchup. Omega and Osprey. If there are even people thinking of typing, where is the story for that? Then you haven't been paying attention. Because this that is a story that has been built up for years now and actually did get a promo on Dynamite last year during yeah. the Trios tournament. They faced each other in that Trios tournament. Osprey with Aussie Open, Omega with the Young Bucks. They had their classic matchup at, at Wrestle Kingdom 17 on January 4th, four days into the year. No one's been able to even match them as far as the match of the year in my, in my mind. And they are going to, and that was them holding back, ladies and gentlemen. These two guys that beat the helly hell out of each other, that were bleeding, that Osprey was bleeding, and so many great moments in that match. That was them holding back. That was 75% from them. Now we're in Omega's stomping grounds. You got Osprey cutting promos on Canada, wanting to be the most hated man in Toronto. This show has two bona fide match of the year candidates already and we still don't know what ftr is gonna do with the aew world tag team titles what mjf's gonna do with the aew world championship what sanada's gonna do with the iwgp world heavyweight championship forbidden door two i am so hyped for this show you know what has me even more excited is like we see how good brian daniels can, can be when he's not really into what he's doing go back to the triple threat main event with edge and, and roman reigns fantastic matchup brian was arguably the mvp of that match right you hear him talk about it after he leaves the company he's like eh, i wasn't really into it you know i wasn't feeling it it's like mother mother effort you're in the main event of wrestlemania you weren't feeling it right when he's motivated and when he's been on a let's call it what it is on a leash this man is chomping at the bit. He is the prize horse in the Kentucky Derby waiting for that damn gate to spring open. When the bell rings and that gate springs open and Brian Danielson is allowed to go full bore, full balls all the way at Okada. <laughs> I'm going to have goosebumps on my damn arms. Uh, guys, feel free to get uh, your comments in my arms i'm gonna have them all over my goddamn body what am i talking about go ahead and get your comments in we'll try to get to as many of them as possible here but we got to get into this right now it's time to answer the five count on the believe podcast network i got about 10 minutes left to go here sp3 so we'll do some uh rapid fire uh cody rhodes had an interesting night last night uh part of ms tv and all of a sudden we get uh introduced to rhea ripley and ex-con dom and Dom comes out and does his shtick, calls Cody Rhodes a deadbeat dad, and then 
Cody proceeds to roast that young man relentlessly on the microphone saying, yeah, you know what? You're right. You know, your dad's not perfect. He's made a lot of mistakes in his day. And I know this for a fact because I'm staring at one right now. Then Dom does his nice little smack of the face, gets behind Rhea Ripley, ducks behind there. Great heat. He's on fire right now. Crowd loves to hate that man. Cody Rhodes open challenge to Brock Lesnar is still out there as well. And uh, we got reports now, I believe, from PW Insider SP3 that there's going to be a special stipulation. Wrestling Observer says Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar 3 is going to be happening at SummerSlam this year. Don't know what Cody's plans are for Money in the Bank. Probably going to be in the match, but yet to be determined. But PW Insider says it's going to be a special stipulation, one that has not been used in a while. Best guess what that stipulation might be for Cody versus Brock 3 at SummerSlam. Even though I heard it was rejected uh, from, I don't know who the report was from, but my guess would be for right now until we're, it's confirmed is rejected, dog collar match. Because Cody loves him some old school wrestling. And one of his greatest matches of his career was Cody versus Brody Lee for the TNT Championship back in 2020. Dog collar match. Him and Brock. Brock is someone that would excel in that type yes. of match. He is so brutal. And I think that's the perfect way to end this rivalry. Uh, that would be fantastic. I think that there's one thing that keeps sticking out of my mind. Um that, that makes me think that this is a possibility and maybe the only match where this could be a possibility is the fact that Brock Lesnar, there's a certain set of rules for Brock Lesnar that exist that don't exist for anybody else in the company. And this would be the perfect stipulation. One that Brock would be allowed to do. The company would accept because Brock would be allowed to do it and it would protect Brock in that he wouldn't technically be overly beaten by Cody Rhodes, and it's a first blood match. Brock is the only one who can bleed in WWE on purpose and get away with it. So if your goal is to have this huge, massive war between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar and put Cody over in a way that will look make him look great, make him look barbaric, but also the fact that, hey, he didn't technically knock Brock Lesnar unconscious and pin him one, two, three, so if you still want to keep the beast strong, have Cody bloody him up again. Have him knocking with the head with a cast if it's still on. He's spurting blood all over the place. Cody Rhodes wins. I think that'd be a good way to end it as well. I hate first blood matches. The point of blood in a matchup is to enhance and take the match to the next level. Not they, the person bleeds and the match ends. I hate first blood matches, so I hope it's not that. I could see it being that. I'd like the dog collar match uh, better. A uh, number of people have qualified for both the men's and women's money in the bank ladder matches. I believe we have three apiece right now. We saw Zoe Stark and Becky Lynch uh, qualify last night to join Zelina Vega in the women's matchup. Over on the men's side, we have Ricochet, we have Shinsuke Nakamura, and we have L.A. Knight. Yeah! SB3 have the winners of the men's money in the bank ladder matches already qualified or the winners not yet in the field. The winner of the men's have qualified in L.A. Knight. I think L.A. Knight should win the Money in the Bank. Uh, and as far as the women, I think the the best contender, I wouldn't say this the outright winner, but the best contender out of the people that have qualified is Zelina Vega, as that would pay off for all the work LWO has been doing. Yeah, it would make sense to put the women's money in the bank on a baby face, right? Because both of your women's champions at the moment anyway 
um, are heels. I think Rhea is going to hold on to the SmackDown Women's Championship for a very long time. In fact, she doesn't even have a, a feud going on right now. She's she's fighting Dom's battles for himself right now, right? So um, it would make sense to put it on a baby face. Of course, Bianca could win the belt back from Asuka, and then it would make sense to put it on a heel. I kind of hope they play the long game here. And I, I would say out of the, the three that have qualified so far, I would say it would make sense to put it on Zelina. I am not writing off Zoe Stark. I think Zoe Stark winning because Trish Stratus pushes Becky Lynch off of the ladder, allowing Zoe to capture the briefcase, allows them to do something they have not done, by the way, with the women's money in the bank briefcase. And that is play the long game. Actually have a woman hold on to the briefcase longer than a t 48 hours. They have not done that since Carmella, right? That was the last time. Carmella had the longest reign of anybody with Mr. With, with the money in the bank briefcase. And then every other person has either cashed it in like the day after or the night of. So you, Zoe's not ready to be women's champion yet, but she's getting a monster push. In just a few weeks, she has been linked up with a Hall of Famer. She's now feuding with Becky Lynch. She is winning matches convincingly. They seem to be all in on Zoe Stark. I would not, um, I would not sleep on her, but I still think the favorite is not in the match yet. I think it's EO Sky. As far as the men are concerned, another guy I'm not sleeping on. I brought him up just a minute ago. Who's the top heel in this in this company right now? It's Dominic Mysterio. If Dominic Mysterio qualifies and then wins the men's money in the bank ladder match, wait for it, because Rhea Ripley got the case for him. Oh, the sweet poetic justice that would be to finally turn around that Ellsworth bullshit from the first women's money in the bank ladder match to have Rhea Ripley climb the ladder and take the briefcase for Dominic and to have Dominic smarmy chicken shit Pussy ass, pardon my French, but that's the character he's playing right now. Have that guy walking around as the next world heavyweight champion. I'm not saying he has to win the damn match, but it would also tie into the fact that he could be stalking Seth Rollins, who's also, by the way, what? Feuding with the rest of Judgment Day right now. I think that would make a ton of sense. Uh, we did get a pretty good showcase uh, last night for the newest women's tag team uh, in WWE on Monday Night Raw. Caden Carter and Katana Chance, they got the chance to show out last night, but they lost their first match on raw SP three Did WWE do them a favor or a disservice by having them lose to the tag team champions and Rhonda and Shane in their first match. Rhonda and Jada made them look good. Sold for them probably more than they've sold since they became a tag team. They let yeah. them shine, let them pull off their offense. What did them the disservice was that awful promo beforehand where they did not talk like human beings. Like, this yeah. is Katana. That's Caden. And we're, we're party girls. Yeah. Oh, God. I hated that so much. And you didn't need to do that because you did a vignette earlier yep. in the show. So yeah. you didn't even need to introduce yourself like that. Yeah. That did them more of the disservice yeah. than losing their first match. Yeah, and look, this was something that I was talking about with uh, one of my followers on Twitter, which, by the way, you can follow me at Ricky Chino. We, we were talking about this. Like, I, I said something about I like the video package. I hope that they debut soon. And she's like, well, didn't they set up a match with Ronda and Shayna? I was like, I hadn't heard that. Wasn't really paying attention. I hope not, though, because I would like them not to lose their first match. And then WWE went out, and I think they proved me wrong here because if they went out and they they beat an, an enhancement team, right, like 
like they did with Isla and Alba on SmackDown. They went out and they beat an NXT enhancement team. I think losing to the tag team champions did Caden and Katana so much more because they were able to go out and show off their offense, show what they can do. And yes, you're right. Ronda and Shayna bumped their asses off for them. They made them look legit. Katana had Ronda beat until Shayna pulled her out of the ring. So I think in the end, they looked great. Where they go from here, I don't know because you've already lost to the champs, so they don't really have grounds to ask for a rematch. Maybe they can beat, you know, Chelsea and Sonya. Sonya had a good showing last night in her match with Becky. The women's tag team is starting to come together, and I think Isla and Alba and I think Caden and Katana are obviously the future of that division. I thought last night was a great showcase for them, although I wholeheartedly agree with you. That promo, the, the copy, the dialogue was just cringe AF. Uh, one person who, oh man, just honestly, as far as on-screen character work, whatever it is, who can't catch a break in her WWE career is Lacey Evans. Uh, she wrestled SP3, her second match since the Royal Rumble on Friday. She came out in full, let's just call it what it is, female Sergeant Slaughter garb. If you had forgotten that she had been using the camo clutch and had changed her her persona and what she had been doing for seemingly the 19th time since she came back to WWE. I wouldn't fault you because she hasn't been on television a lot, but she goes out there. She cuts this promo. She gets her money in the bank qualifying match against Zelina, knocks Zelina unconscious before the match has the complete upper hand. And then four minutes into the match, Zelina hits code red out of nowhere. She beats Lacey Evans. So she qualifies for money in the bank. Lacey Evans doesn't even qualify. And then she goes out on Twitter and is just getting ripped by both Sergeant Slaughter and her daughter for stealing Sergeant Slaughter's gimmick. There's a lot to unpack in this situation here, SP3, but where do you stand on what they're doing with Lacey Evans and the disagreement uh, with the Slaughter family together here? I feel vindicated because I literally <laughs> said this on another channel to you and Dutch Mantel. I literally said, why are they making her into female Sergeant Slaughter with the look? She already had the camera clutch, uh, the Cobra clutch, but it's just like you're, you're, you're doubling down on this. So I was so vindicated to see the back and forth with Slaughter Daughter and Sergeant Slaughter against uh, Lacey Evans. I think Lacey Evans' presentation has been piss poor, and this is 100%. I know I said earlier, people love to say the bad stuff in WWE is Vince McMahon's fault. The good stuff is Triple H's fault. This is one bad thing that's Triple H's fault because our presentation yeah. was going well before Triple H became in charge and then switched up her character again after she did two gimmick changes before that. And she yeah. was a hated heel. He did another. He did another revert back. And then change her gimmick again. He's done two gimmick changes since he's been in regime for nine, ten months now. Jesus Christ. Just, ah. Oh. Lacey Evans, I think it's going to be a lost clause sooner rather than later. She's going to go down the route of the Dana Brooks of the world. It's going to be over. And I'm not surprised Sergeant Slaughter and his family had an issue with it because it was so blatant. Uh, the 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 bite and the swagger jacking that went on went on on Friday. Yeah. And look, man, like I want to say it was Wrestling Observer who reported that. They asked Sarge to like be Lacey's on-screen 
you know, mentor kind of and, and pass along the Cobra cr- clutch and do all this, you know, and, and help get Lacey over. And he was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, no, like literally, no, he said no. And then they went ahead and did it anyway. That's my biggest issue with it. Like, I don't care if you wanted to put this with Lacey. Fine. I understand it to a certain extent, but at the same time, you knew it wasn't going to work without Sarge signing off on it. And even if Sarge did sign off on it, there were still going to be people who were going to rally against it. Like when Triple H tried to give the, the figure four leg lock to the Miz and everybody was like, nah, don't do that. Like, no, nah, no, nah, please don't do that. This ain't no, no, we ain't letting you do that. Right. So it was always going to be a long shot to work. I just don't know why they felt compelled to do it because you're right, man. She was cooking. She, what she was doing when she was coming down, demanding the respect that she thought she deserved and getting booed out of the building, that's success. That is a top-level heel-type reaction. She was getting booed, not to like Dominic Mysterio levels, but close. She was getting the loudest boos of the night, the loudest reactions of the night outside of Roman Reigns on SmackDown for weeks at a time. And I know people feel a certain way about Lacey. They don't like Lacey. They don't like Lacey's lifestyle or who she is as a person or what she says on social media. That's fine. She's still got talent. She's still useful. And what they were doing with her was working to the point where somebody like a Lacey Evans, when you're trying to get a bunch of unknown baby faces over to the main roster is valuable. Have them fight Lacey Evans. And sooner or later, the crowd will stop booing and Lacey Evans stop cheering against Lacey Evans and start cheering for her opponents. There is, there is value in that. And Triple H just said, nah, we're going to do this. And I don't know what they do with her at this point. And Steven may have the best idea. She may have to be one of these people that they send back down and go, okay, Sean, fix our fuck up. Let's go. Here, here's, here's T-Bar. Fix our fuck up, please. And he's done wonders with Jack and, Maybe we'll see what they can do with Lacey, if anything. But yeah, ugh, this this is not not working. For what it seems to be like the fourth week in a row here, SP3. TK, huge announcement alert tomorrow night on Dynamite. He will announce the debut, or excuse me, the main event, de- the debut main event match, whatever the hell I'm trying to say, of Collision on June 17th at the United Center. Is it a foregone conclusion that CM Punk will be involved in that main event match? No, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. They could definitely go with maybe like an AEW World Championship matchup, say someone random against MJF in the main event and just have the CM Punk return in a separate segment. I think that my odds or my bet would be on a CM Punk versus Samoa Joe uh, matchup because that's the type of matchup that one would sell even more tickets for the United Center and two to show us that the CM Punk return is going to be different from the last one where they did make it just a separate segment for his return and then they made it with something else I think that's the match that CM Punk originally said he was going to do you could just get it out the way as a one-off instead of a feud even though I would rather the feud to hear those two go back and forth on the mic and the fact that Joe has never lost to CM Punk one-off one i want to hear the promo exchange and maybe they can do that on episodes of dynamite and rampage on the way to collision it's all up to them but i would say right now it would be punk versus joe four is the matchup 
that that seems to be the betting favorite. I would not mind though if they went another direction and kind of I want to say play it safe, right? Because when Tony Khan made the announcement that CM Punk was coming back at Collision, that got a pretty mixed reaction. Still a loud reaction, but it got a pretty mixed reaction. There definitely seemed to be about a 50-50 split of Team Punk, Team Elite, right? I would bring Punk out for a separate segment, his reintroduction segment, and go off of how that crowd reacts. If there's a 50-50 reaction in Chicago, that might indicate to Tony Khan what direction he needs to go with CM Punk, whether it's as a babyface, whether it's a heel, as a heel. I wouldn't mind if Punk came back as a heel. I think that would be a natural way to come back off of everything that, that went down. Uh, you know, a, he, a, a heel that still believes himself to be in the right, to still be the good guy of his own story, right? Um, that might be the smarter way to play it, but I agree with you. I, I've agreed with you a lot today, SP3. This is why it's been a really civil show, right? Um, I think uh, ultimately, I think it will be Punk uh, versus Joe. SP3, what you got going on in True Heel Heat this week? I uh, got plenty going on. We had our NJPW Dominion Roundtable review yesterday with myself, J News, and Sanal. Uh, that was a really fun one, breaking down what I said was one of the best shows, probably top two, top three show of the year from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and in general, in all of wrestling, I think that was one of the best shows of the year. Uh, check out patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat. Got a review for NXT Battleground up on there that's dropped today. And then also got my raw report dropping probably tomorrow. And check out the True Hill Heat YouTube channel for my interview with Bobby Fish. Uh, that's been doing very well. That dropped on Sunday. So check it out right now. Very cool. Guys, uh, appreciate everybody in the comments. Uh, Queen, real quick, saying, I forgot where I read it, but I read that Triple H does not really care for Lacey Evans. So this kind of feels uh, purposeful if that is true. Well, just based off of her booking, I would say that's true at this point. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not back there. Something something weird is going down because they had something that was working. It wasn't broke, and they decided to fix it, and now it's broke. That's all I know. Uh, if everybody in the chat could do me a favor and hit that thumbs up button. If you've uh, enjoyed the show and you haven't subscribed, please hit that subscribe button as well. Really helps drive up our audience. Always appreciate and love the support. Uh, follow me uh, on Twitter at Rick Uccino, R-I-C-K-U-C-C-H-I-N-O for those people uh, listening on the podcast. Available wherever podcasts are, by the way, if you want to listen to the audio feed. Follow him at True Heel SP3, no E in the word true. And stay tuned, by the way, because later this week I will be dropping, I believe, one wwe interview and uh fingers crossed next week i will be dropping an aew uh interview as well i'll be making the appropriate announcements on my twitter page when the time comes thank you guys so much appreciate it enjoy the rest of your tuesday enjoy the rest of your week sp3 and myself will be back next tuesday hopefully around two o'clock probably 2 15 we'll see if i can get out of work a little bit earlier thank you guys so much believe in pro wrestling podcast brought to you by bet online Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.